Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections of the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, we're joined by Jim O'Day and Cameron Norris. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank awesome, you. awesome. Everybody would take a moment. We're going to get our Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. But before we break open the bread of life to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today, let's invite the Holy Spirit in so that we can see spiritually what we're to see, hear spiritually what we're supposed to hear, and then put those words into action. So, Jim, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help each and every one of our listeners and us break open the bread of life? I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this time together and this ability to, to read and hear your words and take them into our heart. Lord, we ask that you fill us with the Holy Spirit as we hear your holy word strengthen us, guide us, and Lord, give us discernment and wisdom as your words teach us how to live in this fallen world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we are in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Again, what profoundly jumps out at me is, and I never thought of this before in the past, is this is my beloved Son, listen to him. And I got this idea, there's two words, hear and listen. And we interchange those words, think there's no problem with that, but that's not a truth. To hear means we can hear music, we can hear cars and trains and people and words, and we can hear all kinds of noises. But that's what we do, we hear them. Yep. But listen is something different. If you look at the two Greek words, listen means it's a call to action. You're hearing the words, but then the listen says, okay, now here's the action you need to take. So when Jesus is told, we're told by the Father to listen to Jesus, 
It means, man, these words are life-giving, they have meaning, and they're a call to action. And that action is always actions of love. And that love can be tough love. You know, I mean, I love the scripture verse where it says that uh, open rebuke is better than, greater than hidden love. I mean, the, the hidden love is not love at all. It's when we share with people truth with love that, that really penetrates hearts and helps people to change. We always ask their permission, but it's important for us to know that. So again, listen in here, two different words. And again, for scriptures, as we read the word, it's meant for us to call to action. What do you want me to do, Lord? And then invite the Lord along, invite the Father along, and watch how he use you to be his vessels of love, mercy, and compassion in this world. Whoa. David, you just you you really just convicted me with the listen and hear analogy, because how often are we in mass on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, and and the word is being read, and we may even have our our miss, missile open, and be reading along, but we're thinking about the football game this afternoon, or the barbecue. We have to learn to listen. And if we listen with that ear, what is God asking me to do? Wow, what a difference in the scripture. You really convicted me, brother. I I have been guilty of that so many times being distracted at Mass. I'm going to really try and pay attention. Well, the Holy Spirit convicted me first, Jim. So it wasn't, I didn't convict nobody. Praise I'm, God. I'm the brother. first convicted. My wife comes out of Mass with me, and she's not even Catholic. She says, Did you hear what the word was today? And I went, Oh my goodness. Yeah. What was the reading? Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. I yeah. heard words, but I didn't listen. Wow. We've all been there, and what it boils down to is if you're going to have a relationship with somebody, you're going to have to have some listening, not just hearing. We know what it feels like when you're in a conversation with somebody and they're in the middle of texting somebody oh. and, and, and they're, they're, they're occasionally glancing up going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Like what kind of relationship is that? And, and when we have the father here saying, this is my son, listen to him, it's not a uh-huh, uh-huh, relationship that he wants. He wants us to be engaged. He wants us to lock eyes. He wants us to move the distractions to the side and spend some time with him. And, and, and as much as it is for us, I feel like it's the father's heart as well. Like You know what it's like when your kids want to hang out with you and, and when your kids are willing to be there when you're there. Like there's the difference between the hearing and the listening. Like, I can't wait to get together with you and I'm leaving my phone to the side and we're spending some time together. And, and I think that's the invitation when we talk about this relationship with Jesus Christ. It, to make it personal, it's not about, yeah, I read my verses today. Yes, I went to Mass this weekend. Yes, I, I, I went to the Gospel Reflection Group. It is, do you hear what I'm trying to say to you? It, it's funny, before we started recording here, we started talking about some things, and it was like, whoa, can you see how that connected? Whoa, can you see that coincidence? Whoa, could you see? And, and it's like, we take this time, and, and the verse that comes to mind is, he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and what I'm hearing right now, he didn't say feed, and he didn't say look at. He said, taste and see. In the same way we're talking about like um, hearing versus listening, 
tasting something is different than filling up your belly. Like picture yourself going to a five-star Michelin restaurant and you take that first cut of whatever it is. I have steak on my mind, so let's call it steak. That's where I went. Yeah. You put that in your mouth, you're not finishing that meal in seven minutes or less. You are taking a bite of that Savoring thing. Savoring it. You are... You, it is a taste. It is, whoa, is that rosemary? Is that some grass-fed butter? I, like you're, you're actually tasting it and also seeing... It's like when we open up scripture, I get in the habit of this. When I get up in the morning, I like to get through the proverb of the day. I like to go back to the chapter in the gospel I'm at. And there's times where it's a check the box of, yes, I got this. But I love the taste and see, the friendly reminder. And, and that's the scripture that comes back to me when I'm making it a get through it thing. Um he wants us to see, like, did you actually see? And that's the beauty, I think. If you're not in a gospel reflection group, I would highly encourage that. This is a time where we spend, when we get together, it's for an hour total, and some of that is prayer at the beginning, prayer at the end, and sharing in the middle. But talk about 30 to 40 minutes. Today we're reading eight verses. When you take that time on those eight verses, you see things that you don't see when you're just reading it through. Uh, and I think that's the invitation. That's the relationship. That's the, hey, I, I put something in here that you need today. Can you spend some time on it? Um, and, and, and I'll just give the other side of the coin. I remember uh, reading through something. And so some of my prayer life is asking God questions. And some of the questions are why, which he has a way of not answering the question why. And I have a, I have a habit of coming back to him with why's because I like it's, it's how I think sometimes. And and I remember reading a verse and like, oh, I just read this recently, <laughs> and it's like, why why didn't I have that fresh on? You know, I I know it was in my heart. I know that he does that with us, but it's like, why did was that not the first one to pop to mind? And he said, do you remember what you had for lunch last Tuesday? So I, I was asking him a why question. He asked me a what question. And it was just this thought of like, you know what? Honestly, of all the meals last week, I have no idea what I had for lunch last Tuesday. And he said, but it still nourished you. And I was like, okay. Wow. Wow. So I, I think there's that embrace of... I want you to taste and see this. And I also think there's those times where you go to the bread of life because it's going to do something inside of you that might not be for the edification of your mind, but he wants to plant it in your heart. So mm -hmm. I, th I think that's part of the beauty. You know, what you shared about these groups, it's on our website, Stewardship of Mission of Faith, all the materials, it's all free. You can start your own group. In the Catholic Church, we call it Lexio Divino. It's been done for centuries, centuries, breaking open the gospel. It's broken open three ways, in uh, literally, uh, it's broken open spiritually, and it's broken open, and how does it reflect in the life of Christ? So I'm going to break open something today. I'm going to bring it forward today because scriptures are as live and relevant now as they were then. So I'm going to just do a little bit of creative poetry here. I love it. But let me ask you a question first, Cameron. We got together in this room. Could you feel the Holy Spirit? Was it profound what we learned? Absolutely. Amen. Was it off the charts? Amen. Absolutely. Okay, good. I'm going to read this to you now. Jesus took Cameron, 
uh, Jim and David <laughs> and led them into a quiet place apart from all distractions by themselves. Wow. Wow. That just happened. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, as we're speaking, that just opened up to me. I'm going to tell you right now, we all shared our God stories, wow. which gave us hope, which gave us strength, which helped set captives free. You know, it's amazing. It's fascinating as God keeps doing this in our lives. It's fascinating. I'll tell you one of them. So in, in a banking relationship, it's fascinating. In a banking relationship um, with, the, with the bank, the banker used this terminology to me. He said, David, we use covenants as the shackles to keep you in control. Well, shackles were used for slaves, for their hands and their feet. And so I'm sharing this with somebody. And then in my readings, the Lord brings up this verse. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower, which is what I was at the bank, is slave to the lender. I went, oh my goodness, it's biblical. You know what, Lord? I'm all in. Let's get out of debt. Let's pay off that. And Cameron, you shared something, what a mortgage meant, the word mortgage. Yeah, the word mortgage, it's two words. So morgue, think of like a morgue. M-O-R-T. Yep. So mortgage, the two words, when you put them together, it's the word death grip. So just, just think of, it's that spiritual lens. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that... You know, using some of these tools is not right in certain areas of people's lives. I'm not here to condemn that piece of it, but but look at it through a spiritual lens. And do you want to be slave to the lender? I, I, I think we know that that is not the life that the Lord has for us. No, which is why it's so important in Scripture. It tells us to count the cost. Count the cost to buy that house. Count That's right. Count the cost to build that building. Because if you don't, you could end up losing it and then... People, right. people will laugh at you and yeah, say, it's you didn't. worse. It's worse. So, yeah. you know, again, it's all about prudence and the prayer for prudence. So anyhow, it's just fascinating. And then <laughs> the other thing that jumped out at me um, is, you know, here you got Peter, James, and John, which are, are the inner circle of Jesus. They always go with him, you know, up the mountain and, you know, and the sixth mother and uh, into the garden. You know, it's those three inner circle people. But Peter's so blown away. He's like, whoo, man, let's build three tents. Because Why? Because he sees Christ transfigured. He sees Moses transfigured. He sees Elijah transfigured. They're all aglow. They're perfectly formed in the image and likeness of Christ, but yet in their uniqueness. He's like, whoa, we got three gods. Mm-hmm. And the father says, whoa, 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 Skippy, my impulsive Peter, I love you. Uh, let me bring the cloud down here and clear up your mind because you're a little bit fogged up. There's one, there's one beloved son. However, that beloved son shares his dignity, his beauty with Moses and Elijah, which is a prefigurement of heaven through the grace mm-hmm. of God, where we'll be fully united in Christ, in our uniqueness, formed in the image and likeness of God in the womb of our mothers, we'll, we'll, we'll glow with this radiance of Christ that no words, no human words can describe. But it's still Moses. It's still Elijah. But there's one Jesus Christ who then is alive in, with, and through each and every one of us. You know, David, you brought up something before in the Catholic tradition called Lexio Divina. And at Integrity Restored, uh, about a year ago, we did a podcast on it. I, I went on a retreat uh, to a monastery where the monks live. And the monk that led the retreat, that was the only time other than Christmas Day he was allowed to speak. Whoa. And he taught us about Lexio Divina. And I had to share it on the podcast. 
And it was the most simple thing I have ever heard. But for my daily prayer, life-changing. When you read scripture, this monk said, 80-year-old guy, he said, when you read scripture, read it and then sit quietly, say nothing. Try and think nothing. Then read it again and ask, who am I in that story? Who would I be? And ask, what is the Lord trying to tell me? Yep. What does God want to tell me? Yep. But he said, that's great. But you know what? Here's the most important part. Like you said, Cameron, this is a relationship. God wants a two-way communication. And when we're reading the scripture, he's actually talking to us. And the third question is, what is he asking me to do with this information he just gave me? That's so good. Powerful. Now you, you know, you sat here and I heard you. I didn't listen to one word you said. My mind went elsewhere. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm guilty. Do you mind repeating that? I know because I think there may be some listeners out there. Also, say it again. What did he say? Sure. So the first question you ask is, who am I in the story? Put yourself in the story. This is, as you said, David, living. Mm -hmm. This doesn't change. Time has no impact. The second question is, what is the Lord trying to tell me? God is trying to tell you something in this. And you're reading it today or hearing it today for a reason. It's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. And then finally, what is the Lord asking you to do with that information he just gave you? And for me, when I get up in the morning, I told David yesterday, before I have my coffee, I read the Word of God. Yeah. I light a candle, I sit in the quiet, and I go through this process. Am I perfect? No. Do I get distracted? Absolutely. But has it changed my prayer life? A hundred percent. Yep, no doubt. And, and this idea that we're active participants, or what do we, you're asking the question, what is he asking me to do? He's so good. He's so kind to us. Taking it back to scripture here, Peter, Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it's good we're here. I, I feel like that would be my reaction. Like, hey, I'm glad I get to be a part of this. Check this out. And then he, and then he comes up with his own idea. Let us make three tents. <laughs> and, and that's the goodness of God. He doesn't even address, hey, here's what, we're not making tents. Here's why. There, there's no explanation. I think there's times where we, our mind, brings to the table, here's what I can do. Here, here, here's a good idea. Here's <laughs> right. It's just like our it's it's yep. that natural piece of us, but his kindness, his goodness, his mercy towards us, sometimes he doesn't even have to address those things. He's just like, pay attention. Listen to my son. It's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make three tents and we're going to name one this and one that and one this the other and how do you like this idea I came up with and I think just the kindness of God is I don't even have to address that we're just going to carry on with these things we're going to walk down the mountain I'm going to give you some instructions I can trust this group you're going to be obedient to those instructions which let's jump to that I think it's it's really cool that Jesus, as he's walking down, he says, hey, this group right here, I need to trust you not to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And it's not something small we're talking about here. 
A cloud just came over them. <laughs> yeah, right. The, Wait, you saw Moses and Elijah. Yeah. Moses and Elijah are there. You're transfigured, whiter than anything is, right. that Glowing. the earth could happen. Right. We heard the ver- voice of the great I am confirming that this is his son. And let's be real. We need a couple of close people in our lives that we can walk through a moment on a mountaintop. And we, and we don't have to worry about... When we hear it from the gossip circles, how that comes back around to us. So uh, last night, I had a devotional with our eight-year-old daughter. It's a it's a verse, it's a devotion, it's a prayer. It's very short. It's kid-friendly, and it was about surrounding yourself with wise people. And this is me giving advice to myself now, but my <laughs> advice last night was to my eight-year-old. It was... Think about the friends that you have, and and it and do you want to be like those people? Are you influencing each other? Are are they a good influence on you? And are you a good influence on them? Because there's another verse: one can chase two thousand, two can chase ten thousand. When the Holy Spirit gets involved, and when there's unity that's involved, the things that we can do together, individually. Th- that mountaintop can't be reached. But when the right people are on the team, there's just a synergy that's like, the, the beauty to it is nobody gets the credit for it. It doesn't point to, hey, I'm the man. Look look at how great I did this thing. It's like, hey, we all know that I'm good, but I'm not that good. Like the things that happen and they grow out of this, um, Yes, I got to be a part of it, but I, I think that's the beauty of, of the kingdom of heaven. It's like, it's going to point back to him because there's no other answer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I've been convicted, and uh, I've been listening. I've been hearing, but I've been listening, and I'm going to share a little story to help everybody else. So last night, I came home from a hard day's work. My wife said, "Don't. we're not going to go out tonight. I'm going to make you dinner. Wasn't that special? Oh, this was awesome. She was going to comfort me because she knew it was a tough day. So when I get home, a friend of mine called. He had a problem. He had an issue. He needed help. So I helped him out. But while I'm doing that, I'm getting, getting you know, going into the house, going up into the, where my wife's in the kitchen. It just made, has a meal all set out. You know, I'm on the phone with him, and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll call this, this canon attorney of mine, friend of mine. You know, I'll get the information from him, but I'll give you the right answers. You know, I, I called my friend. He needed to hear from me. He needed to be, whew. Then I called my buddy back, and I said, here's what you need, boys. My, my friend said, thank you. you. You really helped me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I shut my phone off. I said, whew, wasn't that awesome? I went out to sit down and eat. I said, sweetheart, you're going to join me? She said, I already ate. Ooh. Wow. And she said, that was very rude of you to come home. And to do what you did, I wanted to be with you. I wanted to be here to help you and comfort you. And you brought it home. Don't come in the house until you're done with your work. And when you come in the house, then be present with me. Because my wife's number one love language is that quality time and sharing. Mm. Oh, I said, sweetheart, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I meant it. Yeah. She didn't comment. Next thing I know, she's out just sitting, reading her magazine. Mm. I go lay down on the couch because I'm exhausted. And then she goes up to the bed. Now it's 11 o'clock. I think, all right. You know what? What I was doing was good. I was helping somebody who was in trouble. I'll sleep in the other bedroom tonight. Mm. I'll show her. I'll say, if you want to go toe-to-toe, <laughs> let's do it. Right. What do you think I should do, Lord? I want to go up and get showered and get ready for bed. 
That's all. Okay. All right, one fine. step. One step. All right, fine. I'll do that. All right, all right Lord. I got it. I'm going to turn the lights on. I'm going to wake her up. Because the Bible says, don't go to sleep if you've got anger. <laughs> Which is sound advice. Uh, absolutely. Man. I got this one figured. That's what you want me to do, isn't it, Lord? No. I want you to read the Bible. Uh, read your Bible, Magnificat, that you didn't read this morning because you were busy. Oh, okay. In the dark. Okay. So I sit down. I read the scriptures. End of reading the scriptures. Said, now what, Lord? <laughs> Lord says, now get into bed. Give my precious daughter a hug and tell her you love her and you're sorry from mm. your heart. Mm. I get into bed. I held her in my arms. Oh, it's, and it was also an expect nothing in return. Right. I gave her a hug. I said to her, I'm really sorry, sweetheart. I know how much that hurt you. I know what you wanted to do and be with me. And I went to sleep and she, you know, didn't say a thing. In the morning, she put my arm around her she nestled her head into my shoulder, and she said, thank you for apologizing last night. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this word of God is meant to help us in our journey every day. Mm. When we let our human instincts take over and our pride and our arrogance and everything, we end up wounding. Because had I slept in the bed, yeah. apart from my wife, it would have escalated that situation and that's the enemy. So what did I do? After I was done re reading the scriptures, I recognized the enemy at work. Because mm -hmm. wherever there's division, the enemy's present. I called in the archangels, Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel. I asked for their protection. I bound the spirits and cast them out because I'm the royal priest of my home. Mm -hmm. Priest, prophet, and king. Amen. It's my domain that the Lord's entrusted me with. Bound them, cast them out of the bedroom, had the protection, and then listened and obeyed the Lord in humility and owned what I did. I hope that helps you, each and every one of you, because it was a painful journey for me. And, and David, wow. soothed the wound. You soothed the wound in her heart. Powerful. Powerful. That's the service. Yep. That's the heart of a husband. Yep. Serving your wife. Yep. I, you taught me so much, brother. Yeah. It, it, it puts humility on display. Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord can use that. Yep. Uh, to, to quote scripture... To, to get our our way or our 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 point made. Satan can quote scripture. <laughs> Amen to that. Bingo. Yeah. So so that walk has to be walked out with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. It, it can't be this thought of, oh, I got a scripture to win this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an amazing journey. Invite the Father along. My morning prayer is, Lord Jesus, I invite you to live in me, with me, and through me. Holy Spirit, please light our path. And Father, join with us on this great adventure that you created me for. God bless you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.